Welcome back to another episode of LA Countdown, your new favorite destination for all things LA sports. I'm Michael Fumafredo, joined this week by Wyatt Alsup. And this has been two weeks now since the Super Bowl. We talked extensively about that the past two or three episodes on this show. Rams won, as we all know, and USC got a little bit of a treat with the parade coming just in our backyard pretty much, ended at the Coliseum, but all the fanfare wasn't too crazy. Why were you there? I did not get a chance to go to the parade, but it did seem a little bit underwhelming from what I saw on social media. Did you go? I was I was there. I, my plan was kind of just post up on FIG, see the buses go by, and then leave. And then as the parade was going on, I was kind of just like, I got to go to see what all the hype is about. The Rams fans got me energized. I kind of wanted to see Stafford speak, see Odell speak, just see everyone kind of come together at that moment. Then after spending an hour almost getting trampled on by a bunch of Rams fans trying to get into the Exposition Park area, I couldn't see anything. It was just like, I'm leaving. So even though it that's how it felt for me, apparently the talk of the town was this was a very small parade not many people attending. And this goes back to something we were talking about a few weeks ago was, are people really excited about football being back in LA? Right. Yeah, well, so one thing I had heard that, because the call, or the uh, the parade ended at the Coliseum, correct? Yeah. I heard that there at the end, where all of that that you were talking about happened, there were a lot more fans than there were, you know, what we were seeing on FIG if you were just, like, on campus. It was weird because the, the route they took started at the Shrine. It, like, wrapped around past uh, the CVS area onto Fig, just down through campus. And it was kind of, rather than just people lined up, it was, like, a herd of people just following the cars. Well, to answer your question, I was definitely expecting a bigger spectacle from the parade, at least based on what I saw. Think about when the Cubs won the World Series – in 2016, it was like the entire city of Chicago shut down. It was like Mardi Gras in New Orleans or something. Very much not the case here. I wonder if, I know that the Coliseum is kind of an iconic space for football in LA, which is probably the why Rams they chose. came back and start, started playing there, so right. I figured that was like good. That's probably why that's where, where they it chose, started, but do you yeah. think that it might have uh, had a different effect if they had chosen somewhere else in the city? I think having it at SoFi wouldn't be the best move just because of the location. I think you have LAX right there. It'd be hassle trying to get people there with traffic. The Colise- you have Fig, and we've Lakers parades have gone down Fig all the time. Dodgers, I'm assuming they do it in over by their stadium. But I I do like the bringing it all together, like where it all started aspect of it. And Exposition, Exposition Park's just a huge space. You can fit a bunch of people in there anyway. So I don't think the location had much to do with it. I just think people don't like football that much in L.A. I think you're right. And Yeah, it's it's proven that you go to a Chargers game, you have more Chargers fans there. Or you have more fans of the other team than right. the Chargers. You see it in the playoffs. The Rams tried to stop... San Francisco people from coming down and buying tickets. The stadium was still like, and it was still packed with the (laughs) the Niners fans. But I love the point you bring up about Chicago. My buddies from Philly mentioned when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, same thing. The city shut down. Everyone was at that parade. 
for the Rams, and it's not a rare occurrence for it to happen on the Wednesday afternoon after the Super Bowl. I think it might have happened a little too early in the day because it is a West Coast team. People want to watch it during the day in East Coast markets as well. So there's nothing you can do about that. But if the Rams have the fan base like the Eagles or the Cubs or probably even the Bucks when they won the NBA championship last year, you're not getting a huge crowd. And it showed. But still, congrats to the Rams. Congrats to Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, everyone that was involved in that team. We'll see you guys next season or hope probably not during the draft or in free agency. You guys probably won't do much. So see you next time for you guys. But now I think it's time to move on to some of the other sports and some of the other teams in L.A. And we'll start off with probably the most polarizing right now, and that's the L.A. Lakers. The Lakers right now, they're 27-31 and 31 at the time of this recording, fighting for their lives. Ninth place in the Western Conference right now, barely in the play the playing game spectacle. So what's going on with this team? And there's we'll get to a lot of the polarizing stuff that's come out over this All-Star break later on, but what's going on? It is really weird. I mean, you know, this roster is so strange. When they first put it together, it's... Uh, Obviously, a lot of older veteran players, but uh, guys that will be Hall of Famers, no doubt. I mean, you've got, outside of obviously LeBron James, there's Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard. Like, all those guys will be first ballot Hall of Famers, and yet they're four games below 500. And injuries are a part of it, but, uh, you know, LeBron has played 41 games this year, and he's been playing you know, out of his mind. He's third in the NBA in scoring right now. He's averaging 29 a game. So I I really don't understand if it just doesn't mesh or how they're going to approach it. What do you think? I mean, LeBron's still an all-star captain for a reason. It's not just fans going to the first guy they see that they know. It It's warranted that he's still one of the best in the league. If you told me five, six years ago that a team consisting of Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, DeAndre Jordan, just the who's who of mid-2010s basketball was barely in the playoff picture. Back then, they wouldn't be in the playoffs right now. They'd be the ninth seed and getting a lottery ticket. True. If you told me they they wouldn't make the playoffs in five years, I'd call you crazy. But Anthony Davis can't stay on on the court. Carmelo Anthony's on his last legs. Same with guys like Trevor Ariza, LeBron James, Dwight Howard. Westbrook's not the same Westbrook's player he used to be. Westbrook's not the same player he used to be. He's now the third or fourth option on this team. And he's not even playing that well. No. So right now it's looking like the Cleveland Cavaliers we saw in LeBron's first year back when, you know, they're still competing. They can still make it to the championship well that's the thing but, yeah like yeah it's, like it's lebron if, it's not the Lakers. and if anthony davis comes back and you know is able to stay on the floor for more than two quarters at a time without getting hurt again like nobody wants to play them in the playoffs especially not in the first round like let's say that they make it into the play-in tournament and they end up with the seventh seed which they easily could uh does golden state want to face LeBron James and the Lakers in round one? Absolutely not. I don't I don't think you do, but 
They're capable Look of beating anybody the top, in the West. The, yeah, the top heavy teams in the the West right now, they look really good. And I'll, I'll keep Golden State out of this because it's guys that have been there before. But Dev, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, they've only been to the finals one time. The Grizzlies are with second or third year star John, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. They're they're a young team. Same goes with Utah, who's they've been to the playoffs, but they've never been to the big stages of it. They the Mavericks have never won a playoff series under Luka. You're you're right in that sense. If they can come back and Anthony Davis got an MRI today, they're gonna reevaluate him in four weeks. So Hopefully he'll be back by the playoffs for this team, but they got to make it there first. Yeah, they sure do. The play well, the play-in tournament does help. Um, something I'm not a huge fan of, by the way. I think ten out of fifteen teams in each conference that's still it's in the excessive. picture after the regular season is too many. But I beside think, the point, yeah. Here's, right now they're playing the Clippers, I believe, who are the eighth seed. They do play the Clippers on Friday, and yeah, but right now they would play them in the play-in game as well. Oh, I see. Yes. And they're an interesting team, too, because obviously for them, this is a team that's built to be a third through five seed, best case scenario, worst case scenario. Right now, they're missing their star player in Kawhi Leonard, Paul George's sideline. This is a dud year for them. That could be probably the best game of the NBA playoffs in the winner go home playing game. Can you imagine them losing to the Clippers with no Kawhi and no Paul George? I think that would just put a burden on the future of this team that we could get into in another minute. But you, we were talking earlier before the show started on Westbrook's performance right now. He's been getting a lot of hate and a lot of the blame for what's going on. But looking at his stats, what do you see? I mean, he's really not having a terrible year. I saw a stat earlier today that Russell Westbrook has, who is a notoriously inefficient scorer, uh, has a higher shooting percentage than Steph Curry does this year. Really? Yeah. Which, I mean, if you look at other measures of efficiency, like not three point, goal, three point no, is no, under not 30. three point. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Um, other measures like total shooting, obviously Curry's higher on those, but just total field goals, he's making more. Um, the turnovers are an issue. Decision making is kind of an issue, but. Everybody wants to look at this team and just put all the blame on Westbrook. And there's been, you know, a lot of talk in the All-Star break. We just had the trade deadline um, last week. A lot of people think that he should have been moved off from or uh, there was, I don't know, just a lot of rumors about that. What do you think? It's he, He's too hot or cold for me. You get your best Westbrook games where he's looking like his old self, MVP guy, all-star at least. But then you get the games where he looks like he should be coming off the bench. Right. And that's just how it, I guess it gets with these old players that are trying to still be stars. But there was also, I think, the rotations that Vogel has been experimenting with this year have been subpar. But like, then again, how do you, how do you do that with a team like this? Well, I think it's a bad, it's, it's a poorly put together roster. Uh, it's just trying to throw everyone on there. It's right. This is my twenty, I believe it was like 2018, 2019 Cleveland Browns theory. You try and get all the big names, but at the end of the day, the team doesn't mesh well together, and the guys play two different styles of the game. That at the end of the day, it's a team sport. It's not going to work. 
And I think that's what they did. They just brought in all these big names, a lot of vets, and they're suffering for that. Yeah. I mean, the move to bring Westbrook in made a lot of sense at the time. Uh, you know, He's an upgrade from Rondo. That, and they had injuries, and I'll get to Rondo in a second, actually. Um, they had injuries last year. like They weren't really able to stay healthy through the playoffs. LeBron had to play every game. Uh, in the regular season, and they wanted to bring in a guy who can win regular season games on his own. And last year, Westbrook averaged 22 points, 11.5 rebounds, and 11.7 assists, and absolutely carried that Wizards team to the playoffs in the second half. And that was the player they were expecting to get. Now, Westbrook might still have some of that in him, but earlier this year, I remember there was times where Rajon Rondo, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James would all be on the floor at the same time. And those that just can't possibly work. None of them are particularly no. good shooters, and they all need the ball. They're ball-dominant players, exactly. Now, you brought up that for some reason, today of all days, we, saw, we get all these different columns, all different opinions on every sports show you could possibly think of. For some reason, everyone started talking about trade LeBron James. And I, this is something you see in 2K. That if they, they do the player finder, you click on LeBron, they're like, you can't trade this player. Right. How do you trade, what do you even trade Le- a 37-year-old LeBron James for? I don't understand it at all. I think it it stemmed from, you know, reports from inside the locker room that, you know, LeBron's relationship with the front office is stressed at best. But yeah, I how or why do you trade him? I think that, like, I get it, you know. When you have an old superstar, it's like we might need to at some point turn towards a rebuild and like get some get as much back for him as you can now. But cool, but what teams there are you, no trade destinations. What teams giving you multiple first round picks, multiple picks even for a thirty seven year old player, no matter how good he is. Yeah, and this is a guy that he's he on, he's still... got one or two de- years left on his deal, and has already verbally said wherever he, his son goes, he's going. Right. So unless you're really bad, can avoid giving up your, what is it, like 2024 draft pick, and you somehow get in the lottery where or wherever Bronny James is projected to go, like, you shouldn't, like, you're giving up a first-round pick for a 37-year-old who's going to leave you in two years. Right. It doesn't make sense. I. And what do the Lakers, very... what do the Lakers think their trade package is for LeBron? What does a good trade package look in the Lakers' eyes? Yeah, you would have to get a ton back. Um, I mean, I think the the goal has to always be to win championships. There's nothing you're going to get back for LeBron that's going to put you in a better position to win a championship in the next two or three years than LeBron himself. You know, he's still one of the two or three best players in the league. And just because he's aging and this team is underperforming right now, you still have him. Like, you got to try and rebuild around him, do something to try and make another run back to the finals, right? I think so. And this is where uh, we'll wrap up the show right now just by how do we, what what do the Lakers do in the next few years? I think, like you said, they're built to win now. They put this roster together of older guys, guys that they don't have to develop. They can figure out how to work with each other in this instance, and win, win a few championships. They already got one, and right now they're they're still contending in the playoffs, so might as well try and make the runs for it while you can, but 
But say say two years down the line, this is I think when the window closes because LeBron's gone. Right. Anthony Davis it hits his age thirty. Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, they're retired. Westbrook's probably de- declining, or somewhere else. Uh, you can't really build a team around Malik Monk, Austin Reeves, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, Stanley Johnson, the youngest guys they really have right. on this team. And those guys will probably be into or a little bit past their primes at that point. I think you can't trade LeBron. You need to save every pick you could possibly get and just try and rebuild after that. There's as unless there's some drastic change in the te- team's outlook on tanking in the next 3 years, that seems that's the only option for these for these Lakers right now is to try and win now and tank at the end. You know what's crazy is it's only been like what 15 16 months since they won that championship in 2020 with the delayed season yeah. and everything that was like October of 2020. It's probably like a year um, and a half now, yeah. Yeah, which still it feels like longer ago than that. Anyway, if you go back to that moment it seemed like everything was going perfect for the Lakers. You know, they had just won a championship. Anthony Davis played you know the best basketball. You know, in his I had career. to re- I had to go back and think if Anthony Davis was actually on the team at that point. I like I forgot that which year he actually season, joined, but yeah. yes, it was his first season. And so it looked like the plan was, you know, we're going to dominate for a few years with LeBron and Anthony Davis, and then when LeBron ages out, our centerpiece is now Anthony Davis. Yeah, I think it's become very apparent it this season that Anthony Davis cannot be that guy because he can't play. Mm-hmm. If any, if I was going to consider trading anybody. I mean, I wouldn't even talk about trading Westbrook. Nobody's going to take that contract. $47 million for a player uh, who shoots 29% from three. But I would consider trading Anthony Davis. You'll get more back. You could. You're not going to get much, but you could. I don't but, know what else you do. Yeah, there are two months left to the season. Uh, the Lakers, like I mentioned at the time of this recording, 27-31. and 31. Maybe they can turn it around. They are three in their last seven, but hopefully this break gave a lot of them rest. The only one that was really active was LeBron. Hopefully they can keep themselves in the playoff picture for when Anthony Davis returns. I don't think you rush him back. Just have him ready for mid-April. And I think the conversation shifts from are the Lakers done for or can they actually make a run from the playing tournament to win the whole thing but that's going to do it for us today once again i'm michael fumafredo joined by wyatt Allsup. this has been another edition of la countdown see you again next week